the Dancepreneuring Studio, Session 87, How to Have Longevity in Your Dance Career. Hi there, and welcome to session number 87 of the Dancepreneuring Studio. I'm Annette Bone, and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the privilege of bringing you some of the best and creative minds who are connected to the art of dance as they share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. I have to apologize in advance for the quality of this recording as my microphone went out and I haven't had a chance to replace it. So hopefully within this editing process, it'll still be good for you to listen to, but I promise you the content is definitely good to listen to as I share my conversation with the amazing Christian Vincent, who is a dancer, a choreographer, a teacher, and professor at University of Southern California. And whether you are one or all of these things, we have your bases covered in this interview. I'm so excited to share it as we talk about his favorite type of dancer and uh, what he's learned in his long and successful career in the commercial industry, as well as in dance education. And I so enjoyed our conversation, and I hope you do too. Hey, this is Christian Vincent, actor, dancer, choreographer, and dance educator, and you're listening to another session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. You're going to love it. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. I am so excited to bring you my next guest. He is the essential artist. He's a dancer. He's a choreographer. He's an actor, an educator, a business person. He's been all over the world sharing his talents. He's worked on film, tours, award shows, commercials, you name it, he's done it. And he's had a very successful and long career in the entertainment industry. He's worked with artists such as Madonna, Ashanti, Ricky Martin, Prince, Britney Spears, just to name a few. I am very excited to welcome Christian Vincent to the podcast. Christian, are you ready to go? I'm ready. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm so thrilled to have you. And I, I just can't wait to um, hear all about, well, first of all, your day. You had an audition today, right? How did that go? Uh, it was nice and easy, which is the way I like it. <laughs> what does that mean, nice and easy? It was a, a commercial audition and you just go in, do your thing, in and out. So how is it different with commercial auditions as opposed to auditioning for a tour for dancing with an artist as opposed to maybe a, a production or a Broadway show? How are those different if um, they are? There's, there's, a, there's a vast difference between each one. Um, I think, trying to say that really briefly, commercial auditions usually go into a very small room with a cameraman. You go in, state your name, you slate um, what agency you're from. They may ask you one question about yourself personally, and then you'll You'll dance in a very small space really quickly. Um, auditioning for a tour could be an all-day event with a thousand dancers, and you will be at a studio learning choreography and could wait all day to get into the room to actually audition for an artist. And then there are numerous cuts. You'll go back and audition uh, again, and uh, usually they will have like one day for the first audition, and then you have to go back for the um, final audition. Tours, similar, but then you're talking about musical theater. That's a whole other ball of wax, which could be months of auditioning. And this is, you know, 
dance auditions, singing auditions. So each audition is a different process. However, the main thing is having your skills together so that you can book a job. How do you prepare for each one? Do you prepare differently for the different types? And is has it been a learning process as you've progressed in your career or have you, do you always, do you feel like, Oh, I, you know, I got this you know, because you're so talented, you've done all these things. Has it been a process for you or, you know, like how, how have you mastered the art of the audition? It's changed. And to be honest with you, like the things they audition for now are quite different than what I auditioned for. Let's say, I'll say even 10 years ago, because your, my career has evolved. When I first moved to LA, it was predominantly going to dance auditions. I learned, it's a learned skill of going into a room, assessing the situation, doing your research, knowing who the choreographer is, knowing what their aesthetic is, um, hope finding out as much information as you can of what they're looking for for an audition. And I think over the, so for dance auditions, for me, it was always making sure that prior to me auditioning that I had my dance skills. And I'll say in the commercial realm, specifically in Los Angeles, it's a having understanding of vernacular dancing, street dancing, but it's good to be very, either very specific in what you do in that you are, if you're a specialist, like you're a salsa dancer, you may find that your whole career is doing salsa. If you're a breaker or a b-boy, you'll find that you'll get a lot, a lot of work as a breaker or a b-boy. I found that my success came from being a dancer that was versatile. I was trained classically. I was trained in vernacular style, so I was a dancer that could adapt to different styles easier, and that's how I found myself in different arenas, whether it be a tour um, with a musical artist, which was varying styles of dance, or being in a commercial that was predominantly more classic jazz, or doing an episode of Mad TV where they needed dancers to do ballet, or doing a uh, movie of the week where you had to do jazz and you had to do tap. So I found that my strength came from being diverse. But over the years now, you know, I, I went from auditioning all the time as a dancer to teaching more and then getting jobs as a choreographer and then auditioning for acting, which is a whole other beat. So over the years, I've found that I've had to, it's segue and what has, I feel has maintained and allowed me to stay in this career has been my education and continuing to educate myself and realizing that I can never know too much. I mean, I just came, I just went into the voguing class just now. I took a house class this morning because for my, for my choreography, so my choreography continues to expand. So for my teaching, for that to continue to expand. But I think the best thing I can give any dancer is that I think a lot of, many dancers are looking for the fame or the Insta fame, maybe on social media, but most important thing you can do is train yourself to the best of your ability for the arena that you want to go into. And that's how you'll find your security. And that's how you'll find your niche. Now, obviously, your training has evolved as your career has developed. Are there different things that you look for now in the classes that you take since you're 
always, which I think is so important, what you said about always being in the learning process. And even as successful as you are, you're still in that mode. And it seems like there's a lot of people that get to a point, at least from my experience of what I've seen, and it's kind of like they stop because they have all these accolades and, and they're they're prominently seen now. And so that training and that constant education is kind of thrown out the window for just the whole the celebrity status of it, if that makes sense. So I think it's really important that you brought that up. And um, with the teachers now, I mean, are there are there classes that you would recommend at certain points in your career? And, and how has that evolved for you? Um, it's evolved, I'll say, I'm going to preface it by saying this. For me, and I know a lot of people that are even my peers, they don't agree. Because uh, I found that, let's say, beginning as a dancer, Knowing, you know, training yourself in various styles of dance, becoming a, a more specialized in one area is very beneficial. I found that as an educator, uh, my focus was primarily jazz. And within jazz, jazz is an ever-evolving art form, and jazz takes from various styles. So when I'm talking about jazz, I'm talking about Latin jazz. I'm talking about theater style jazz. I'm talking about voguing. I'm talking about house dancing because all of it evolved from, you know, from African dancing. And you had authentic jazz, which was swing dancing at one point in time, which, and then we added ballet and we had people like Luigi and that Maddox who started to codify it. And we have those classic forms up with quotation marks, forms of jazz, but jazz is ever evolving. So as an educator, I feel that I, in order to stay abreast of my craft, I need to stay in class. I feel that for myself, and as a choreographer, I like staying abreast. It, it makes me feel powerful. It makes me feel more creative. As a dancer as well, it makes you more well-informed and more useful for a choreographer. I love how you're making reference to the different styles. You know, within jazz, there's so many di there's so many differences and and things that can be fused together. And yes, I, I love how you're talking about this, so go on. <laughs> I just think that the realms that I've been in, I just have a very broad perspective. I have been in the commercial working realm. I have been in academia, and I'm in, as an undergraduate, as a graduate student, and now as a professor. I have worked in the concert realm. I have worked in the competitive dance realm. I work as a judge. and work on a dance convention as well, or a couple dance conventions. So it gives me a broad perspective on dance. And I think in the different areas of dance, we get a myopic point of view where we are... Some areas of academia don't even acknowledge commercial dance and don't prepare their dancers for that realm. In the convention competition realm, a lot of them don't deem academia a place to go to further your dance education. In the commercial realm, they're not as maybe as abreast of the concert realm. So I think for me, I like having a broad perspective because it gives me a good idea how to educate the next generation for whichever direction they choose to go into and help direct them. So I'm grateful for being in the, in the different realms and continuing to learn in the different realms. I mean, I'm a professor at, at USC, but the things I can learn from my peers and they can learn from me, me is still a vast amount of information that can aid in my growth as a whole. 
You did a workshop back in 2014 at UC Irvine, right? Bridging the gap between commercial and academic dance. Oh, you know that, yes. <laughs> I did my research. <laughs> so so um, how has that, you know, that's two years ago. How, you know, has that changed? What would you say about that? You know, I'll say this at the time. Okay, going, I remember my undergraduate experience, which was amazing and great. I went to Butler University, but I chose to go to a university that was predominantly a school that focused on classic forms, ballet, the modern, um, because I wanted I wanted to be stronger in that realm. But now, and, and when I did my master's thesis, and being back in academia, I was shocked to see that there are so many universities that negate the commercial realm or don't deem it as a valid arena for dance. However, a lot of these schools, their kids are not getting into companies, and there aren't there isn't that much work. Or dancers that want to get into companies. So my question is, what are you preparing your dancers to do? I believe in having a strong-rooted classical training, but I also believe that today these kids need to have an understanding of vernacular dancing and theater dance forms because if they're not going to be in a company and they want to dance, they're going to be commercial dancing, whether it be on a cruise ship, whether it be at an amusement park, whether it be a music video. So why not prepare these dancers for the various arenas in dance so that they can choose and have more job opportunities? So I found being in, in academia that there was a lot of resistance to commercial dance and a lot of negativity. So I thought, let me do my research on what's required for a dancer to flourish in the commercial realm. And in doing that, I thought, why don't I bring some of my friends or peers that are successful to teach at UCI, but also teach them specific forms of dance that aren't necessarily taught in the school, as well as have agents come in and see them. And some dancers were signed to agencies. So I wanted it to be a experience that was, uh, they got the practical application of learning different, different styles of commercial dance, meeting people in the commercial realm, creating relationships, and possibly getting business ties with agents so that when it's time, they could, you know, pursue a career. So that was what the idea was of bridging the gap between commercial dance and dance and higher education, that workshop. Do you think that the gap has been closed? Do you think that there's been a lot of progress toward that? Or do you still feel that there's a lot of work to be done in bridging that gap? I think there's a lot of, there. it's changing because there's there are schools like USC, which is starting to bridge that gap. I believe that Pace University is bridging that gap. In LA, you have AMDA in relativity. There are other schools who are starting to implement hip-hop into their programs. And even just having a strong jazz curriculum in the program is going to aid in that process. But jazz, tap. Um, I think it's changing. I think universities are starting to recognize this. However, how many people in the commercial realm are actually going back to school or actually going to school to get their master's. So that, not that every university requires that, but that will be another bridge, you know, bridge to cross because um, we need more academics from the commercial realm to start teaching in academia. And it may be separate, not even that they have to have the degree, but find professionals that will come into the universities and start teaching some of the aesthetics some of the culture of commercial dance so that you have more dancers that can gain employment. Because when I did my thesis and I did interviews with a lot of industry professionals, one of the statements by one of the agents was that 
you know, I'll go to universities to find dancers that can work in my office, but not to send on auditions. And that was, that was very telling. It wasn't a very positive statement, but that was his truth about university dance education. Now, I don't believe that for every university, but that's the common thought that you don't go to school to prepare yourself for the dance world. And I don't believe that is true. I believe it's somewhat true, but I don't believe that's true for everyone. Now, how did you get to be a professor at USC? What was, what, what was that process like? What was that process? It was many years of education. No. Uh, <laughs> I'll be bluntly honest with you. It's the fact I'll say specifically, I have my bachelor's and I got my master's. And I have an extensive career. So my resume, as well as my education, allowed me to get into the door to, for my interview. Then I had to teach a class. And uh, I had an interview with the faculty at USC. And it's also about seeing if your ideology aligns with what the university is trying to do and what that faculty is trying to do. So it's my education, my professional background, and my teaching practices and my ideology. When you were younger, you were into painting and drawing and martial arts, right? Painting and drawing, yeah. Okay. So why did the, why does uh, Wikipedia say martial arts? <laughs> you know what? Wikipedia has a lot of things. That, I, I go on there every so often. I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> you know, in, in, doing, in doing research, I've, well, my professors always say, you cannot use Wikipedia as a source because a lot of the information is not true. And then when I went on my own Wikipedia page, I was like, wait a minute, that's not true. And who added this? What <laughs> So some of it is true. And actually, I, I, yeah, I, I don't even like reading it. because I'm- Yes, there's some interesting things on, on, on there I found out. So with painting and drawing, is that something you still do? And what kind of influences do you have now in your choreography and your teaching and in your dancing? Do I still paint? Occasionally, yes. I started my first year in university. I was a visual arts major. Um, and I had a professor there. And at that point in time, I, that's when I had the thought process. Oh, you don't go to school for dance. And, uh, I realized I really wanted to dance and I wanted more training. And I had a professor, one of my drawing professors was looking at my work and he said, you know, Christian, you're really good. He said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to dance. He said, well, you should inundate yourself in whatever you want to do. And the next year I went to Butler. But prior to that, I, I actually had auditioned for Butler before he asked me that. But what influences my choreography, you were asking? Yes. A lot of it is the dancers I'm working with, because I work with a lot of different levels. I work with all of the little kids and professionals, so it's like, it's who I'm working with is a big influence. What the venue, what is the venue? And also, I'm very inspired by, a lot of people are really inspired by concepts. I like to put concepts I, I love being inspired by concept, but I'm really always been really inspired by music. Music has always made me want to move. So I am inspired by music. I like to be a vehicle for music. So what kind of music inspires you? I am inspired by a wide range of music. I love dance music. I love R&B. I love ballads. I love jazz music. I love pop music. I love instrumental i like classical music it's it's just the feeling that i get from it when you're working with dancers when you're choreographing you're teaching what is it that you're looking for and does it depend like 
you know, you'll hear some teachers say and some choreographers say, you know, I just, I want to see your feeling. I want to see the emotion. I want to see that. And there's others where it's like, okay, if your leg is not this high or, you know, your turnout's not like this or you're not doing this, then how do you, you know, what is it that you're looking for? And, and does it depend on, you know, what you're choreographing for and that kind of thing? What would you say about that? Well, so for teaching, if you're talking specifically about teaching what I look for in dancers, I'm there to basic, I'm not really looking for anything but to enhance what they already have. When I go to studios, there's a few things that I will do in my warm up and across the floor, and then I can gauge where they are and what I need to aid them with. Some schools are very proficient with regard to classical technique, ballet technique, but are very weak with being with jazz technique. They're not grounded. They're not rhythmic. They're, they're not good with being in polyrhythms or they're not used to articulating their spine and getting and, and vernacular movement. So I'll focus more on that. But then there's other studios who their classical training is very limited. So I try to go in and work with their, and I want to be specific about technique, whether it be their, we're talking about jazz, I'm working with their jazz technique, which is also their ballet technique as well. As far as with choreography, I love dancers, feel music, know how to hit accents of music. Who I'm most attracted to dancers who are technically proficient with respect to ballet technique, but also have a strong understanding of vernacular dancing, like hip-hop and house dancing and voguing, because that's the ultimate dancer to me. A dancer who has ballet technique, but also understands street dancing, that's beyond. That is a mover. That's a dancer to me. You ask me when that's my ideal. My ideal is one who's versatile. It's one who has an understanding of an ethnic form, maybe African or ballet, who's taken modern, who's taken, you know. It's a well-rounded dancer, like we're creating at USC, basically. (laughs) Really, that's I went to, it was called a dance assembly, and there was that talk between uh, bridging that gap between commercial and concert dance. And uh, there were several people from USC there talking about the program and what's been developing. And it's really exciting. It's, it would be awesome if every university did that, what, you know, what they're doing. So it's really cool that you're a part of that. So Christian Vincent now versus Christian Vincent then. What would you say to yourself with everything, you know, what would you say to yourself then with what you know now and everything that you've experienced experienced and you know all the all the successes and things that you've been through what would you say you know that's a good question um i would i i spoke to the the second year bfas at usc last week and i spoke to them on a level i think that they could relate to because i had been in a program similar to them and one thing I would say to young dancers, maybe to myself, is that some of the things that at the time I didn't think deemed as important, learn not to judge. Learn not to judge. Just stay open to experiences, stay open to different classes. What, one thing, for example, I had a lot of grand technique in my undergraduate. It didn't feel great on my body. However, I now I wished I had stayed in it a little bit longer because that would be another technique that I could teach now, and I think greatly would would greatly enhance my teaching. Although I still remember some of it, but it's staying open to maybe things that you maybe don't have a great affinity for. And I think the other thing I would say myself is 
when you're working, this is a hard thing. When you're a working dancer, especially in Los Angeles, the focus was not so much on going to class. It was about booking the next job. Trying to stay in class as much then. I would tell myself, just stay in class. I was taking more, you know, but it's a hard thing. I was taking more acting classes and taking commercial classes and taking voice classes because other, there's other skills you learn. You need to learn when you, when you start in the working realm that maybe your dance studio didn't teach you or maybe your university program didn't offer. So it's learning as much as you can, learning not to judge because none of us are good enough to judge at that young age. Just, just but really, to be honest with you, there's not much that I would have changed. I think I did what I was supposed to do. I've been doing what I was supposed to do and what I like doing. That's awesome. I love that because it's you You have no regrets with what you've done and what you've learned. I think that's awesome. I went for what I wanted to do and I've gone for it. Some things work out, some things don't, but you try it. And I think it's, um, I've seen dancers that I grew up with that talk themselves out of pursuing their dance career or because, you know, and I understand like it's scary for families. You're going to do what? And their family sometimes talk them out of it. And to be honest with you, even at this point in their career or their life, see how that resonates with them that they didn't try. And they've spent their entire life saying, no, I wasn't supposed to do that. But you can still feel that negativity because they didn't try it. So it may not be for everybody, but I think if you really have that desire, get yourself trained in whatever way you see best. It may not be higher education. It may be higher education. Train yourself and give it a shot. And you'll find out if it's right for you. And there's so many different arenas in dance. It's not just performance. There's dance education. There's dance researchers. There's dance. There's dance science. There's different areas in dance there's, you know, that dancers can, can get into. That it's not just you don't just have to be a dancer. If you love dance, there's room in other arenas in the dance world for you to be part of it. And um, maybe not perform it. Yes, I, I'm so glad that you brought that up because when I started, when I was younger, I thought, you know, when you're young, you're kind of like, oh, well, I want to dance with this artist and I just want to be out there and that kind of thing. And, and to be reminded many years later for me now that there are there's a place for everyone if you have the passion and you want to get the training. And, and um, like you said, there's dance science. And I'm really fascinated with the whole kinesiology aspect and um, how to better utilize muscles for certain technique and that kind of thing. So it's, re- I, I think it's really exciting. See that, there it is. You just brought up something. I wish I had studied dance science. too. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late, right? Well, just finishing my master's. I don't, feel, I don't know. <laughs> no. I am going to go into what I call the dance preneuring quick step. It's three quick questions and you just have to say what comes to mind. So the first one is, um, Dance style you haven't tried but would like to and why? I figure you probably tried everything, though, so this will be interesting. Dance style I haven't tried but would like to... The only thing that comes to mind right now is the foxtrot, because I hear it on Dancing with Carlos, <laughs> but I've, I've never tried the foxtrot. Let's just say that. Okay, cool. Favorite dancer and or choreographer and why? Ooh, oh my God. You know what? Why is that a hard question? My favorite dancer... <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> because there's so many. Oh, no. or... You know why? It's so funny because I've always had so many. You know what I have to say? I guess I would have to say that I really recently because I I really enjoyed watching Gene Kelly dance. Still do. I'd have to say Gene Kelly. Yes, 
phrasing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that, there's no explanation needed there for sure. So dance style that describe your day today and why? Dance style that describe my, okay, today, today yes. is all, all about, it's two, mishmash of house and voguing. <laughs> my day. With a little Latin thrown in there, yeah. That was and why? Why is that? I know it was crazy. Uh, so <laughs> I, I did all of the above, and I felt it was, it was a, a, a day of grooving, a day of posing, a day of getting into the ground. Yeah. yeah I like that. A very mixed bag. So it was a- I like that a lot. <laughs> well, you can find Christian Vincent online at his digital hub, ChristianVincentOnline.com, and at his impressive resume on IMDb. Oh, my goodness. But definitely check out his web. You can also find him on Facebook. And thank you so much, Christian, for being on the podcast. I learned so much, and I'm really thankful for your time and your expertise. Well, thank you, too. It was very nice. I appreciate it. Well, that was intelligent, insightful, and inspiring. So thank you again, Christian Vincent, for your time and for sharing on this podcast. And if you found the session helpful, I would really appreciate if you went to iTunes or Stitcher Radio to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And that way I can continue improving the podcast. And I would love to give you a shout out on a future session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. You can also find the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash 087, where I'll also welcome any comments or feedback that you would have. I would love to hear from you. And next week, I will be talking about my experience at MAPCON, a podcast conference, my first podcast conference. I've been to lots of business conferences, but not podcast specific. And it was fantastic being around other podcasters. So many different subjects that people podcast on. I think it's awesome. And it was my first time speaking. (laughs) So that was an experience in itself. I respect public speakers. Oh my goodness. And anyway, I really appreciate you joining me. I hope that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.